Yo, Chuck, run a power move on him. May I say something to you to give you a true knowledge of yourself and life so that the same glory and success attained by other men who understand themselves may be yours? Man in the full knowledge of himself is a superb and supreme creature of creation. When man becomes possessor of the knowledge of himself, he becomes master of his environment, the captain of his own ship, the director of his own destiny, the accomplisher of his own ends. This is episode, April Walker episode. Hey, hey, hey. We've been trying to do this for a long time. We at the combine, and we in Brooklyn. And who are we? We're the, we're the combine, man. Listen, we got April Walker. We're at the Brooklyn combine. We we are the Brooklyn combine. We are at the Brooklyn combine. We are blessed with the presence of legendary, luminary, iconic, iconic. figure in fashion, film, music, entrepreneurialism, as well as a burgeoning. Um, a burgeoning, a burgeoning well, author, but a burgeoning, burgeoning industry that I'll let her get into, right? Um, April Walker, Beautiful let's get lady. into it. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, All so of that sounds like still, you guys are doing PR for me. No, I no, appreciate no, no, no. it. Still, still super fly, super thank beautiful. Um, now, nah, for me, it's really like, it's important, I think, for people to have what your story is. I think your story and your narrative is really important. Um, I think it's important for the generation that's still trying to figure things out, and our, our contemporaries, but I think it's really important for the generation trying to find their way into this culture. Um, and for me, um, seeing you, like, you were like the cutting edge, like, it was dope growing up, going to an HBCU, and... Where'd you go? I went to Hampton. Okay. And your name resonating as you know, you were you were young, youthful, and you were with like the music, the culture, everything that was dope. It has something to do with April Walker. It's like April Walker. But it was Spike Lee. it was the intersection of all those things because mm -hmm. you were with the rappers, you were with the athletes, and you was with the killers, the goons, yeah. the goons. goons. You could not be with them. Right? Yeah, you the could. Time we, the yeah, time we yeah, came yeah, up, yeah. it was everything. It was, everything. It was a melting pot, right? It was. Of culture. It was. And, and I think that's how culture was created. How did you get into fashion, I would say? I stumbled on it. Stumbled? I think so. I mean, it's funny. In high school, I won best dress in school okay. and all that kind of okay. stuff, but you don't own it. What high school did you go to? I went to, first I went to Brooklyn Tech, then I transferred oh, to Bishop Lockman. Okay. Oh, you went to, oh, wow. I got in trouble, that's why I ended up they, in Lockman. Uh, truancy. We were like, she's gotta go. For lunch periods. Yeah. But yeah. looking back, it was just so much, um, you were rebelling in yeah. so many ways. Mm -hmm. and. <clears throat> Brooklyn Tech was considered such a great school, which it is a good school, but my parents wanted me to go there really bad because of that. Yeah. I passed the test. I was like, okay, you have to go here. But it was it was so technical. Mm -hmm. Now I understand that. It was really engineering and this and that. And I would have thought you would have went to LaGuardia. 
So I should have gone somewhere like that. FIT, art design. So I totally was like, I don't like this school. Mm -hmm. It's just like math and technical stuff. And I'm not going. And so I didn't go. And so six months, like I remember at the halfway mark, they kept calling my parents up and they were Mm -hmm. like, she's not going to do well here. And they were like, give her another chance. And I was like, mom, I don't want another chance. Let's go, you know. And so I had to stick the year out. But by the end of the year, she was like, okay, I get it. So. You know why it was better? Because I think at that point I was gone and I probably would have been in the streets all the way, Mm -hmm. all the way. And Mm -hmm. I ended up in the streets in a different way, but it would have been worse Mm -hmm. because I was going on the wrong path. So what she did was Lachlan was literally around the corner from my house. Mm -hmm. Once you got in Lachlan, you couldn't really get out. Um, right. So she walked me to school because she worked, <laughs> she worked at the Visiting Nurses Association. And the other part was I didn't pay at tech. Yeah. My parents were hey, paying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that meant a lot. And I wasn't going to mess that up for yeah, that. You know? So I was like, all right, I'm going to do my thing. And I ended up graduating with honors in you know National Honor Society, peer group leaders. So I think it did mold me in a big way um, and gave me a lot of insight on you know, Catholic schools mm-hmm. and the way they think and the way they do things. I think it kind of served like a boot camp in one way. Mm-hmm. Not that I agree with everything about mm-hmm. it, but... Gave you structure. Structure. It helped me with some structure, a lot of discipline, mm-hmm. and also to see how rigid some people think, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So <laughs> it was it was interesting, but at a very early age because my parents, so, so my father was um, like early fundamental years, I went to a school called Uhuru Sasa. Oh, oh, okay. Right. Right. And that was just like the total black power destroyed, you know? So it was like coming from that. Yeah, I got left back first grade because public schools wouldn't honor it. You know what I mean? So I had to start first grade over again. Um, But yeah, that was my, I grew up, my father was a Black Panther. And so that whole, it was a it was a different I had a different mindset. So even going into I think that gave me a lot of my um gumption grit mm-hmm. to go into the fashion game and the other stuff. Yeah. It, it was Clinton Hill because I you know, I, I have I I feel like I grew up although I was raised in like Brownsville Crown Heights, I, I spent a significant amount of time because my godparents lived in three ninety five. Oh, for real? My my godfather was an old school cat named Bunky. That used wow. to hang out in the corner store in Waverly. Yeah, I know Bunky. Bunky, yeah. I got a picture of Masenji yeah, with him yeah, and my ne- nephew. My, that's my godfather. Wow. Um, so I, I spent a significant amount of time, uh, amount of time over there, and it was he always was always good people. Beautiful dude. Yeah. Um, I always was like mesmerized how beautiful a neighborhood Clinton Hill was. But it was still shit going on. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> oh, like and oh, he was surrounded. It was LG G right there, Fort, Fort Greene, and we Terminals. were like right there. You guys there? Then the caps on Waverly and Fuller, and it was always an interesting area to me. You know? Lachlan was a Vicks place too. Yeah, I know. They used to come My up and just pick everybody. Yeah, yeah, everybody used to come up and get Lachlan. Did y'all have pretty girls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dudes, dudes like yeah. Phil who went there. Yeah, What's the street? Was approaching the uh, Lafayette, yeah. right where Spike's joint was. Yeah, that was like the hot spot. Yeah, that was getting I remember that. <laughs> and it's funny you went to you went to uh, Tech, but you know Tech also the leaders of the Decepticons went right. to Tech. Megatron went right. to Tech. 
and that was paired with the tech. And that was cat, after me. Yeah, they were after you, uh -huh. but it, I went to tech. You went to tech, yep. <laughs> I refused to I went take to the test. Diane Dixon went to tech um, from the Olympics. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there were there were a lot of. I always hung with the older. I was in freshman year, and I hung with the seniors. Like so, oh, that okay. was. What was it about with Dad giving you that foundation? And, and having that rich history and Panther history, and it sounds like a mom who was like, I'm not gonna lose my daughter to this nonsense. How, how did that help you in navigating your way um, in the music industry and film and, and, and fashion and art? Like, cause it's all one. Absolutely. Like, how, what was your motivation for, or how did you actually trip into? The fashion business? Yeah. I tripped into the fashion business because I was searching. So my father, by the time I got to high school, he became a Baha'i, which is a lot different in terms of spiritually. So we used to have to go to the Baha'i Center. So I was like, spiritually, there were all kinds of different, my great-grandmother and them were like Christians, you know, Baha'i. So by this point, I felt like I was like, God, right? Mm -hmm. But my father also was now in music management. Mm -hmm. So D-Train, he managed D-Train. Mm -hmm. oh, um, wow. He managed, um, he worked with Jazz and Jay-Z. Mm -hmm. You know, like they, they were always in my house. I gave, um, Guru was my neighbor. That's my man, because he lived in Grand Hill He lived South next Florida. to me first, first. on 420. And so I gave Guru, Guru's demo to dad. Like, that's how that's deep crazy. it is, you know? And oh, at wow. the time, Dad was like, I'm good, because he had Jazz and Jay-Z, and he was oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, he didn't sound the same thing. Right. And he was trying to get them off the ground. We always talk about that one. Was Primo in the mix? With, Primo with, was on that one. I don't think he was he with was Primo with yet. Yeah, yeah, it was him. He had just got here from Boston. He oh, was yeah, here, he was all that. Like, he was yeah, green still. Um, but... <laughs> um, Primo was still in Texas. Yeah. Yeah, so... And, and so... Um, so anyway, it was an interesting time, and I was able to get in places like Zanzibar and um, Copacabana's and, and Broadway International's, Bonds, all those places at like 16, because I would go with him and just be a fly on the wall. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think it, w it seduced me in one way, mm -hmm. and in another way, it jaded me early on, mm -hmm. because also I grew up as a jazz baby. So prior to this, my father was jazz... Um, manager for a lot of the greats like Gary Bartz, McCoy mm, Tyner, mm. and all those oh, guys. So I grew up at three in the morning backstage, and he was babysitting me. You know right. what I mean? Like right. that was my world. Jackie McLean, all those guys. That they, they that was my family. So I saw probably a lot of things I shouldn't so have early, age, yeah. but it also prepared me for life in a different way. Mm -hmm. I feel, it you sounds know? like just culture. It's yeah, just it's kind just of part of it was real. It was real like so by the time I got to high school, I knew I didn't want to work for someone else because my father did it. Mm -hmm. I think that was very clear. And he literally was dancing to his own beat, mm -hmm. you know, so mm -hmm. I was I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I was anti work. I was anti establishment. Period. You didn't want to be controlled. And not at all. Like, especially by the system mm -hmm. that I saw was oppressing. I grew mm -hmm. up, you know, Bed-Stuy, Madison, between Nostrand and Mar Marcy. That was my 70s. Like, mm -hmm. and it was like a war zone. Mm -hmm. And I just saw us being poor and 
them being rich. And that's how I felt early on. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's weird. So but how is that when you come into this, you know, you, you're with God and you're seeing, you know, the music industry on different levels from jazz to hip hop. And then you're getting into fashion and you're seeing that the oppression is just, it's kind of okay in that sector. In a sense, like people could, people convince themselves like this is what I got to do to get what I need. Did that, did, did, was it apparent to you what was going on in the structure, the power structure, how things were? It was. It was It was apparent at one level, I think. It wasn't all the way what it is now for me, mm -hmm. but I felt like um, fight or flight mode, mm -hmm. you know, was the existence of a lot of us. I remember certain movies, like, clearly being like, I love this movie. One of them was Claudine. Oh, yeah, and I think it was, uh, I could relate to Claudine, yeah, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I knew what it was. And it, I couldn't di directly relate as much because I'm fortunate enough to have a mother and father who got us out to travel early, the world, and leave the block. The oldest, right? Yeah, and I was the oldest. Um, so we traveled young, and my father traveled a lot. He'd always bring back things from like Europe or different places. Like the world is big, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, so. Most of the people I knew on my block didn't have that. Mm -hmm. So I knew that was an advantage point. You mm -hmm. know, I knew that um, I saw a lot of differences early on. And then my skin color, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Being in the 70s, I had to fight early on because of my, because yeah. mm -hmm. they didn't understand if you're not Puerto Rican, what is Mexican and black? Mm -hmm. Like, what is yeah, that? That's How that's you that's mix that's like that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, right, exactly. <laughs> and so it was just like, it was all those different things that kind of made the DNA but um, yeah I think that I think my father definitely influenced me first to say that I can do this and figure it out and I stumbled into the fashion game because literally the hustle was in me from the time I was like 13 mm -hmm. I just started hustling I was first I was doing gymnastics so then I started teaching gymnastics class I was selling pots and pans I was baby boy I used to take um, the silk dresses on payday to on Fridays to all the places I knew and sell them in high school. You know, like I was doing so all that like on a regular. The creative I was like, figure it out. We're gonna, and I'm going to have some money in my pocket because my parents weren't like rolling where they were going to give it to mm -hmm. me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I had to figure it out. And so, um, and my father was always like, if you want it, you got to figure it out, you know, okay. like pro kids. I, I, he talks about that story to this day. I wanted pro kids. And he was like, nah. you want to take these rejects. You know what I mean? <laughs> so so I literally <laughs> saved up my money. Mm -hmm. And I remember he the first time he saw me with some pro kids on. And I was young. And he was like, oh, she's about it. Like, you know? So, um, so yeah. So in that sense, I knew fashion was serious probably but i didn't own it until i walked into dapper dance that's what happened that's what it was the spark i think i was sparking it because i was doing it in my own way mm -hmm. but when i saw it i was in college mm -hmm. i was in harlem i was coming from amateur night at the apollo with my girls and they wanted to go there and i walked in and the light bulb went off i was like we don't have this in brooklyn and i was like we're about to so that's what happened <laughs> and that was the so, start yeah. fashion in effect so so we gonna so we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we should we, we that's what we should come back to your 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 light bulb moment at Dapper Dan's in home. Let's go.
So, um, so yeah, so we're back um, with the, obviously, the iconic uh, April Walker. So you started to talk about your light bulb moment, and you, you said that it happened at Dapper Dan's and Hall. Tell us. What was it about Dapp- seeing it? Yeah, what was it? I think I was in college and I was, I was, I'm going to be honest, I, I wasn't big on school period just because mm-hmm. I was anti-establishment once again, mm-hmm. right? I felt like college was a, at early on, I felt like it was a farce. And, and I'm not trying to like get in anyone not to go to college mm-hmm. because I think it has, you should if, if you can and it makes sense for you. But for me, um, it was another thing. I felt like I was at tech again. Where was it? You know, like okay. having to do something, take mm-hmm. these classes that weren't right. Oh, New Falls. Oh, okay. New Falls. But I went to Kingsborough, I went to City College, oh, and ended up at New Falls, you know? And so by junior year, I was just like, what's my next move, right? Mm-hmm. And I used to come home every weekend, go to Lacey's, Empire, Roxy's, and, and then Amateur Night, and go back to what school. Year? This is in 86 now, it's we're talking pop. about. Yeah, it was popping on yeah, the streets, yeah, right? Right. The, the Gucci, Gucci bag, Rich Foil, Nappy Red. I went to Martin Luther King High School. You did? Okay. And I started in 86. And for me, it was really coming from Brooklyn to go to King. You saw the intersection of Harlem Cats versus Brooklyn Cats versus Bronx Cats. But then you saw the the style with the you The bad young ladies were very apparent. Right. Like they were so fly. Right. And I was like, it was wow, serious for us. Super fly. Serious. And it was like, you know, then that, that's when, you know, I'm 14. I'm seeing dudes 14 holding down they, their parents, living with their girlfriend. It was very serious. It was. And then you see him, you, you start to was see. A, that was it. Yeah. That was the 80s. Yeah, it was a wild time. That, it really was. But I was really impressed by, you know, the, the young women had a way about them. And the guys were feeding on it. You know, they really, like, I remember you had to be a certain way to talk to a certain young lady. Well, it, depend, it depends. I, I feel like it was it was by borough. Because we, mm-hmm. treated, we treated women, from, girls from Queens differently mm-hmm. than we treated girls from Harlem. Like, we knew girls from Harlem in the Bronx. We had to be super stepped up and aware because the girls from Harlem in the Bronx were setting guys up. <laughs> they was robbing guys and they was getting money. And the Brooklyn girls was like, yeah. the, the, the they was doing that too. So they was doing it too. It was but happening it everywhere, where. right? It was, right. It was like right. I was just that era is something that I really um, it helped raise me who I was. It helped really create my morals, my, mm-hmm. my boundaries, mm-hmm. you know how I carry myself, and it was it was also a dangerous. It was a fun, dangerous time if it made sense. No, it was absolutely that. And I think it's only grace and mercy that I'm here right now. So, so 86, you walk into Dapper Dance and the light bulb goes off. And what do you do next? So I was working, I had a job too at American Express. Mm-hmm. So I saved up for um, a year or that year I passed the hat. And like literally opened a hole in the wall. When I say a <laughs> hole in the wall, it looked like a... 
like a hole in the wall. Where was it? It was on 212 Green Avenue, which is now called Fitch. I think it's a really nice restaurant. Yeah. Right in between yeah. Grand, yeah. Grand, Grand a, and Cambridge. Um, it's, it's like the Right around the corner star. from Choice. Yeah. 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 I, I went in there. We filmed when we did the Reebok podcast. Uh -huh. We walked in there and they filmed it and everything. And I was like, yo, this needs to be my spot. He was like, get out of here. <laughs> like, yeah. That was crazy. That man. was the spot. That was my first shop. And it was called Fashion in Effect. Yo, Fashion in effect. Right so you opened it in '87, and it was a homemade sign that I made from pearl paint out of foam board, and it lasted the whole time we were there. Yeah. This is '87. This is uh, so I started in my house in '86 okay. when I was saving yeah. up, and then by '87, yeah, I had the shop. Who was we at that time? Like, I say we team? like my team was my sisters. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> It was, um, I remember everyone told me I was crazy, mm -hmm. except for my pops. Everybody, everybody was like, don't do it. I got called for corrections and I got called for- You was working the, um, Yeah, I, I took all the tests. Cause I told you, I was like, they were like, you gonna have to figure it out when mm -hmm. you get out of school, right? And that was coming. So I took the test, but um, I knew I didn't want to do that. But you know, my mom was very, secure and stable, like wanting stability, especially mm -hmm. being married to my father. Mm -hmm. He was from the entertainment side, yeah. so we lived the roller coaster. Yeah, 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 he, right. He was like, you're not doing that. Right. <laughs> and that's what I ended up doing, you know what <laughs> I mean? But it was like, um, yeah. I got called for those and I passed the test at the same time I signed that lease. And my mom was so disappointed, you know, cause she just, she didn't want me to, have this struggle, so to speak. Well, that's so beautiful, though, because in 1987, like, like who's thinking a young lady is just gonna pop up and open up her shop? And yeah, it was it was green in this and in, 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 in that neighborhood. In that, that neighborhood time, was different. That was gentrified. First of all, you got packs of kids maybe walking by your store, like yo, what's, oh, yeah, what's going on? Oh yeah, we had that. We had that problem. We got stuck up in that store. Like that's why I closed. You know what I mean? That. Because of that, they came and got me Christmas Eve, and um, it was scary. I mean, it was really, really, really scary. But we were open for years, um, and it was my stomping grounds for entrepreneurship. And like, oh, we really about to do this. You know what I mean? The first year, we we came in positive, mm -hmm. not negative. That was huge. And, right. yeah. You know what I mean? You with green, a ton of mistakes. I was green. I didn't really know what I was doing, mm -hmm. and we won. You right. know what I mean? And it was like, everybody was like, you can't do that. What is this? Like, I don't understand it. The 88th precinct had us on watch for being a drug was, spot, spot instead of, yeah. Yeah. But you had, like you said, it was a time, so you could easily ride by and see a Benz outside, mm -hmm. a coupe, this, a correction officer, a cop, mm -hmm. anybody coming in to buy, no, and regular people. The line between correction officer and, 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 and I know a lot of them, the same thing. Listen, those, those drugs are getting it right this It's not a mistake. That's a fact. But so, wow. So what was it like that... At that time, what was your? Because I think it takes a certain sense of maturity not to get sucked in to certain directions. Because mm -hmm. when you look, and this is just me from looking in and what it looked like to me back then, young lady, smart, pretty, on the edge of fashion, you're gonna attract all the things mm -hmm. that's in the community, good or bad, mm -hmm. and then you're gonna start attracting corporate America. Right. When did you see, when did you first start realizing, like, we on to something right now? Was um, 
Wow, that's a good question. I think the first year I knew we were on to something, mm -hmm. but I didn't know how big it was at all. Mm -hmm. You know, I just knew that we're in a, yes, mm -hmm. we're in a positive, mm -hmm. we didn't know. People were calling, you, you know, know, people wanted um, photo shoots, So that's what happened. Stories. So it was, we didn't have the internet. Mm -hmm. So the first confirmation was, um, I think it might have been Shinehead came in. He's a Brooklyn cat. Yeah, he was Brooklyn? Yeah. I almost thought he was like uptown or something. And he used to order from us. So yeah, I'm like, was, okay, we're getting on the map. His first album was insane. So to tell and, us about And then Shaggy him. came in. Shaggy. And then Shaggy, Shaggy started Shaggy ordering. With the, with the Shaggy still doing accent. it, yeah. you know? <laughs> and then after that, Big came in. And so mm -hmm. once Big came Big in, was like he was in my neighborhood. Yeah. But we didn't know each other. The first items, the first brands that you were selling. So we were making all of our own clothes. Fashion in effect was all about us. Okay. So we knocked off in the beginning. Like I said, I was deeply inspired by Dapper Dan. So you could come in there and get Fendi, Gucci, mm -hmm. MCM, um, all of that stuff. But we also did airbrushing our own acrylic painting on jeans. We were doing, you know, at that time, PE was the music. Mm -hmm. Everything that's going on now was going on then. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's interesting because either my mind plays tricks on me, but if I look at the numbers of people that died now versus then, mm -hmm. 80s was the war zone and people yeah. don't even realize how mean, real it was. Ridiculous. It was way worse. It was way you know worse. what I mean? Yeah. But we have the internet now mm -hmm. to amplify everything, yeah. which is great if we do something about it, but yeah. it's just no, like, it was, way worse. it was way worse. I remember, I remember going to, I always remember this, it was so odd, I remember leaving high school on the Friday and everybody having fun and whatever, and then coming back Monday and people would be crying in the hallways because somebody had got murdered over the weekend. It, by the time, we became common, it was just common, you know, you, it was so common to walk down a block and see bloodstained uh, concrete. Absolutely. Like it was not, it was nothing. By the time I was 20, I knew over 100 funerals, mm. and I'd gone to over 30 and stopped mm. going. And that's at 20. 20. Did Spike reach out to you by then since y'all were in the same neighborhood? Yeah, we did some stuff together back mm. then, 40 Acres and a mm -hmm, Mule. Mm -hmm. Once I started walk aware, so I evolved from fashion and effect to walk aware. Mm -hmm. and, um, and once I started that, we started doing some collaborations. Like we did some community work together mm -hmm. when. Um, um, Farragut and stuff like mm -hmm. that, feeding homeless, um, advocating with clothes. We did all of that kind of stuff why, together. Why did, why did, why the name Walkaway or why the transition to Walkaway? So I was heavily influenced by Will, Willie Smith. Yes. Yo, I had Willie Smith. That yeah, was, I love like, if you wanted fashion. to get kind of fly, fly. Mm -hmm. you got a Willie Smith shirt or Absolutely. blazer. Willie Smith was like the that. equivalent of like couture. Yeah, like yes, for, couture. For, for, Absolutely. Like that, because at the time, like even yeah, even though we player. we had just that's um, Tuki Smith. Yeah, yeah, Tuki Smith mm -hmm. brother. Bro, Robert mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, for real? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, but I remember my brother back in the days. Shout out to DJ. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> he came through. He was like, "Yo, son," or whatever it was. It wasn't son. Yo, I found this book. And it got mad gear in it. And I was like, word? And I'm young. I don't remember how old I was. I was, I was young, like younger than 10. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm like, word, that's ill. And he's like, yo, it got Bally's in it. It got British Walkers. Yes, it got British Walkers. It was crazy. Playboys. It was GQ. I was yeah. like, I remember GQ. thinking. Like, and that's wow. crazy. Look, look, but, but that's crazy because that's the culture. For yeah. me, yeah. I, I cop in high school, we would cop the GQ book. And and thumb through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. British Walkers was so lit. Yeah, British Walkers. 
British Knights. Or, Rallies. Or, or, nah, they Playboys. But so Willie Willie Ware was. Willie Ware influenced me. I think the Ware part of it, and then my name was Walker, so I just saw two W's. You know, mm -hmm. as like that would be easier. You did the logo. I had a graphic designer that worked with me. I told him I want two two W's and I want abstract, and this is what came. came yeah. Nice. That's great. Mm -hmm. So, what was the initial business strategy to get Walkerware to the masses? So I remember the first show we did, and it was um, like I literally was figuring out as I went along, you know, because there was no blueprint, there was and no there was nobody, either. no mentors, no one was opening up in that community to say this is how you do it. Right. None of that, right? right? And they were scared of hip hop. Right. So and I was hip hopped out mm -hmm. at that point. So um I said at that point, I still am I feel like I feel like I feel like, so, I feel like um what was the what was the, the Russell Simmons influence on it? Fat Farm? Fat I feel like Fat Farm. Oh, oh that's personally, right. yeah. I feel like Fat. That was after. after. Yeah, I feel after. like they choked. Russell, Russell asked me to do Fat Farm with him several times, mm -hmm. you know, but I was already doing Walkerwear. And I remember one time we had a conversation and he was like, yeah, Walkerwear, let's do it. Like, Walkerwear be here and then Fat Farm be right here. We could do both. And I was just like, I'm good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, but um, but yeah, funny enough, I ended up working with him later on so, mm -hmm. on, on Fat Farm, mm -hmm. but um, but not with Walkerware. Um, but to your point, I think um, your question was how I mm -hmm. saw the demand was there. Mm -hmm. I saw we weren't being serviced the culture with options, mm -hmm. and that little custom shop served as a test marketing tool. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that that's what it would be. Mm -hmm. But as life was happening, mm -hmm. I was paying attention. So the stuff the customers would come in and ask me for was stuff that I was placing in videos. They didn't know I was making it, but there was all the same things. I noticed all the artists and the rappers were asking me for this one suit. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was called the Rough and Rugged suit. suit. Yeah, they the all blue, wanted the that. Yeah, yeah. The dinner and was with like the contrast. And and everybody like the, wanted that. That was ill because that reminded me of the Levi. It was like the um the it was preceded Carhartt to me. So yeah. that so my mm -hmm. two biggest influences to coming in was workwear was my biggest influence, mm -hmm. but I wanted to flip it with fashion. Mm -hmm. So Carhartt and Dickie were two of my biggest influences. Yeah, Dickie, so let me you know? tell you this. If I was working, it was the fall of ninety-four. I was working in a store called Merry Go Round in King's Plaza. And and I remember um, and I remember seeing Walk Away was like a ubiquitous thing on people that I idolized. Mm -hmm. Mike Tyson, mm -hmm. Tupac. Tupac. I didn't like Tupac's music, but I liked his acting mm -hmm. and I liked his persona and I and I admired his bravery mm -hmm. with his voice, right? And so they were these were there were these people that were in these really in these in these really tough dresses. And they all had the Walk Away logo, but Walk Away wasn't ubiquitous at retail. And because right. it wasn't ubiquitous at retail, it made it even more exclusive. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm working at merry-go-round, and what comes through? A walk-away walk jersey. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo. And it wasn't like crazy priced. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yo. Mm -hmm. I need those. So I bought them. I bought them. You did? Yes. yes because, I, because 
I didn't want, and this is 1994. I bought them because I was like, yo, those are exclusive. I yeah, don't want, yeah. right? Like, you know it's what I'm like saying? Yeah. Everybody can't have those. Yeah. And but we so, always trying to keep it like that. Right. And so that's why that's what I would. And you was, was placing it. You was the product placement. It was all through your relationships. Right. It was I, a relationship. But see, here's the difference now when we talk about culture. Mm-hmm. There was in the 90s something that existed, a sense of community. Mm-hmm. So like Shaq wore it on the album cover, Shaq mm-hmm. wore it in his videos, mm-hmm. Shaq wore it every time, and he bought every time. Mm-hmm. Naughty by Nature was sending mm-hmm. me checks. Mm-hmm. They were like, we're going to make sure you get paid. Mm-hmm. Come up to the record company. Same they thing. fought for me. Mm-hmm. You know, very few artists, when I gave it away, it was just love. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, it might have been promotional stuff mm-hmm. at that point, right? But for a very long time, artists never came at me asking for free. And they didn't have half of what artists are making now. But they got that I was a young African-American woman trying to make it. And they were like, let me support you. Mm -hmm. And if it's not coming out of my pocket, I'm going to make sure it comes out of theirs. But it was different. It was different. different. Because now an artist has... You can't even directly talk to him. He oh got my about gosh, 10, 10 layers to go through. Yeah, and, and it's, it's none so of them different. Con- every, all of them are concerned about brand protection and this. Oh, and so this. much and now. And that goes back to community. So we're going to take another break and when we come back. Well, I don't even know what music you're going to play. Should, music. Yeah, this is crazy. Right. But we need to. Wolf, I mean, you you know, you yeah, figure it out, DJ. Go. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> Put on PE. Hey, behind you. Well, you are. We come back. We want to. <laughs> we want to we want to dig into community a bit and okay. how, how it's informed what you're doing. You're looking for the same thing. It's a new thing. Check out this. I bring all the rope below the level because I'm living low next to the base. Come on. Turn up the radio. They're claiming I'm a criminal. But now I wonder how. Some people never know. The enemy could be the Frank Guardian. I'm now a hooligan. I rock the party and clear all the madness. I'm not a racist. Preach to teach the all. Because don't they never have this? Number one. Never want to run about the gun. I wasn't licensed to have one. The minute they see me, fear me, I'm the epitome, a public enemy, used abuse without clues, I refuse to blow a fuse, they even had it on the news. Don't believe the hype, don't, don't, don't believe the hype, don't, 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 don't believe the hype. Yes, was the start of my last jam, so here it is again, another death jam, but since I gave you all a little something that I knew you lacked, they still consider me a new jack. All the critics you can hang on my hold the rope, but they hope to the Pope and pray it ain't dope. The follower of Farrakhan, don't tell me that you understand until you hear the man. The book up the new school rap game, writers treat me like Coltrane, insane. Yes to them, but to me, I'm a different kind. We're brothers of the same mind, unblind, caught in the middle end, not surrendering. I don't rhyme for the sake of riddling, so claim that I'm a smuggler. Some say I never heard of ya, a rap burglar. All right, yeah, so we're back. Um, and yeah, so, again, digging in. Go ahead. I, I got a question, I don't, and this is not even a... I know some people may... This is not to offend anyone. Last week, I was watching something on... I think my son, my oldest, showed me um, the Virgil 
mm-hmm. guy designer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Virgil Abloh. Yeah, I I, 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 was trying to figure out what it was that they were showing me. I guess it was an L, a Louis Vuitton show, right. and he had walked down and he had cried. Him and Kanye and the coronation. Um, I'm looking at it, and I'll be very honest. I, I, I. The first thing that came to mind was to me was that we're so comfortable at this stage being invited to the show, even if it's a high price ticket. And I was like, why? One, I was like, why are they crying? And two, I'm like, so the young April Walker in this day and age creates and then gets to the high end fashion label. And that's the validation of their. That's always been our problem. That's a huge problem. Because that's it's like in everything, though. Brand. Not just no, fashion. It's, 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 it's in everything. It's, it's, it's everything. in everything. I feel like his his partnerships with Nike, his off white brand, and what they have been doing culturally, was to me more significant than. And I guess it's because Louis Vuitton mm-hmm. is just kind of a thing to mm-hmm. me. That's more significant for him. Brand and his own legacy. So right. that's what I'm saying. Why? Where's the young April Walk in this day and age? You say, yo, bump that. Yo, I, I opened up 212, 222 right. right here. Let's go. Like, wh- why is it simply... Now, that has to do with culture. And I think my problem is that, you know, people of color have a problem being nationalistic in their thinking. And that's the problem. So to your point, like I asked um, Wes... Mm-hmm. For BK Hip Hop Festival, if we could do a panel mm-hmm. called Black Designers Matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's to the premise of this thread. You know, I think that just like everything else within our own communities, like the problem and the solutions start and end with us, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that we have to empower each other. And until we have enough self love to mm-hmm. understand that we are the gift, you know what I mean? Yeah. That mm-hmm. we have everything. Everything great comes from our hoods. Mm-hmm. And that's the gold, that's the platinum, and everything else. And you know what fact, I mean? You know, and, and the you creativity. It, you, had, you hit it on the head when you said it ain't just fashion. Like, it's law, it's um, design, it's, you know, the problem is that you're, you're genius, like, for what you've done and what you're still pursuing, what, you know, the ventures you're going into now. Me and you know a lot of the same ill young designers who are not really at the forefront anymore. But you look at fashion. Fashion was very uncomfortable with saying, hey, here. It had to be, hey, what do you got? Mm-hmm. Let me see this. Let me get this. You know what? Do it like this. Yeah. And you know how many deals I turned down and then hearing imagine. from my own people like, yeah, but I heard you're difficult to deal with. I hear this, I hear that, I hear that. Not knowing, you know, but assuming not knowing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's funny. Because I watch, I watch Babatu get a label. I watch Omar be instrumental. Mm-hmm. All these brilliant guys and young people at the time, you know, we were in our 20s, 30s at the time. Now we're a little bit older. But now it's like this industry has no need. Now it's because they got the formula. Got the formula. That's yeah. what happened with urban fashion. Yeah. You know, one day they said, "Okay, we got the blueprint. We don't need y'all." Guess what? Urban fashion is dead. It's mm-hmm. not dead. It's just you're not going to participate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and the, and what what was driving it a lot was the entertainment. And now it seems like entertainment is in this weird, you know, it's in this weird space where we just look at these entertainers as icons. We no longer commune with them mm-hmm. or back in the day you might see you might right, see you pop still... and tretch on 125th street 
You you really you know you would run into big somewhere or LL. Yeah, you don't run into these people anymore. Mm -hmm. Like at that, because you know my my peoples were um, Smith and Wesson. And, and, and Buck and Sean mm -hmm. Price and these dudes. Mm -hmm. I remember um, Woo, Mob, Nas, like we were all running into each, each other. other. You'd and be partying with them. Yeah, yeah now it's, everything is exclusive. Right, VIP section, yeah. your elite thing, there's a separation. And I think that's society right now is about separation. Yeah, you there's know? money in it. So, you know, there's well, a there's lot of money, money and, and there's a lot of ignorance in yeah. it. Yeah. There's so, also, if, if, if you want to maintain a power structure, then you divide the people that you are, that you are mm -hmm. exerting your power over. Mm -hmm. That's so, exploiting. Right, so the idea is, let's take these select few exceptional people, Negroes. right, Negroes, and let's put them over here and then let's separate them. And now what we have is we have a distinction of classes and we have people that envy one another. And so now these people envy this fame. They don't even, they don't even envy the people, right? And this is not a shot mm -hmm. at Jay or Beyonce, right? But a lot of people don't even necessarily envy them or want to be like them as much as they want to be like what they've attained. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that there's, you know, there, there is that idolization issue that we have in society that is very profitable and so it continues to perpetuate so but it's not healthy it's not healthy and it's funny because i've been having this conversation with myself the last few days mm -hmm. because i think as an entrepreneur that's something i've always struggled with but it also i don't, I don't want to say it holds me back because i'm so good with who i am as a person today right. but it's also definitely probably um it's definitely been my conscience in my um, compass, so to speak, mm -hmm. but it's, um, but I'm always conflicted in the sense of we live in a capitalist society, right? Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, we're all participating to some extent. Mm -hmm. So yes. how far do we want to go, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and what at what point do we feel guilty? Mm -hmm. I'm talking to myself mm -hmm. now, right? Right. And so, you know, like this is a conversation I have with myself. And it's funny, I just was listening to that album this morning, and mm -hmm. she has one with song where she's talking about, um, I'm so thankful we made it, right? Mm -hmm. And so yesterday, I happened to be looking for the song, and it was some young people breaking down what that song means and the symbolisms in it and stuff. And I just wanted to hear what they saw. Mm -hmm. And it was just interesting and it made me just reflect, man, it's so complex <laughs> right now. It's so right. complex out here because we have a lot of distractions. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of things in place. And then um, well, it's, you, it's, if you don't it's, unpack one thing and you keep building on it, you are only compacting yeah. issues. And so right. we have issues for, we have unpacked issues from slavery. We have unpacked Absolutely. issues from Jim Crow. It's we have so unpacked much. issues from, uh, from the civil rights struggle. Mm -hmm. We have un unpacked issues from the seventies, the Black Panthers, the Move Nine, the eighties, the Reagan era, the crack, you know, the war. It's a lot drugs, of rage, right? A this, lot of this, it still. That's being you know, masked. So you talk. So you talking about trying Mass to unpack to it, suppress. unpack these layers. We all have to have honest conversations with ourselves and with the and, 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 and be willing to have that conversation. And you are, you you know, like your struggle. We have commonalities in our struggle as people of color, but you also have this maternal paternalistic world 
that you have to deal with being a woman. Right. Color, I had to deal with Which that. is a lot different. Colorism. Like, it's so many things. It's that so you many have things to, I had to, to deal with, with yeah. coming up in this industry. I can imagine. So many, you know. So, so let's, 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 let's jump, jump into, into that. that. So, so I was, I was having, having, Ken and I represent the, 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 the woman who was kicked off of the Delta flight the other day. Wow. DJ Reborn was kicked off the Delta flight. Unfairly, and we believe obviously it was based off the race discrimination, mm -hmm. right? Sounded like it. But having that conversation and doing like looking at how the press is covering it, we realized that women, particularly women of color, have been the most marginalized members of our society, mm -hmm. but they're at the vanguard of every social justice moment and conversation that's happening, which is a very powerful statement about the res resiliency and the godliness of women of color. Talk to us about how you are at the, were at and are at now the vanguard of this women's entrepreneurial mo movement and how you've been kind of directing the conversation about fashion, not just urban fashion, but from a woman and for, for people like the Tony Shelley mm -hmm. that you guys were talking about. Right. Well, just having a, the good fortune of being able to um, exist within this space and have staying power. I think that that, um, it's been interesting. So I come from being the first woman and one of the only women to have a brand that dominated menswear, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. in, in an all men's <laughs> male dominated industry, mm -hmm. right? And dominated by people that don't look like me. Mm -hmm. So, there's so many tones and undertones within that in itself. There's mm -hmm. so many conversations. And when you want fair, fair is all subjective, right? Mm -hmm. But for me, fair is what it means to me. And for me to ask for that to the other side of the table and be like, like the looks, <laughs> the conversations, the comments are like, you're crazy mm -hmm. for even asking that. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You have to realize when I, and when we first started it, as a brand, there was no urban fashion lane. So the, there were the Calvin Klein's, mm -hmm. no friend of mine. Yeah, yeah, you right. know what Tommy I mean? Hilfiger, That's what it was. So it was like, Polo, you should just be happy you at the table. table. Yeah, right. You know? And I walked, like I walked away from a cross colors deal. Mm. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and that was people that looked like mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. right. You know, but it's like, I think that I think that your question, I think the biggest thing of relevancy of being um, I think being agile is important, but also being true to yourself and being authentic to who you are in your spirit and your person and what you believe your moral compass that speaks volumes. And you could do whatever, but as long as you could sleep good at night. And that was always my decision making. You right. know what I mean? Happy being able to that like I need peace. Right. Money does not lead my conversations, you mm. know what I mean? So that's, I think, um, been great. And that's, I think, how I've kept a balance as an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. even living in a capitalist society. Right. Uh, I think the projects I'm working on now are about um, edifying the room and making it bigger than just me, mm -hmm. you know, um, empowering others while empowering myself because I do live in a capitalist right. society. Mm -hmm. um, in community, I want I want to show us we can win, 
and we we're not all going to be number one, and that's mm -hmm. okay. It's a false narrative yeah, that, that we've that, been yeah, that's that You could be, you know, one thousand, one million, and right. one, and live your dreams and have the best life ever. Right. Mm -hmm. So don't fall into that bull crap. You right. know what I mean? But kids have to see you, me, you, mm -hmm. me, you, me, all over the place, right. winning in different ways, and those narratives have to be told what is winning right. you know what i mean different versions and of so success. different versions of success right. and so if you can wake up and do what you love every day and do that for the rest of your life that's the lotto that's ticket yeah. you know what I, mean? I love the fact that you um i'm aware of several young people who are um motivated and inspired by you and sort of like you you're you're you end up being a mentor even when you don't know that you're in that position like just this week alone at least three young people, and it's actually all males, which mm -hmm. is very interesting, all, uh, including my son, who's like, yo, she's she's dope. Like, they all were wow. like, yo, two of them were at, I think you had mm -hmm. a think tank. Yeah. Um, Isaiah, mm -hmm. um, and um, we had one last night. Yeah. And they were like, yo, she's dope. And it, was, it wasn't like they were pandering, it was like that was their perception of what you're doing. And, and to have that power um, another generation later, is very powerful because I think if we're doing all this stuff in a capitalist, whatever world we live in, if we're not building a roadmap to at least pass a baton down, we have to. We're like, it's like we're not, we're really yeah. not doing anything. It's empty. You know, it, it, it's it, not, it, we're not pouring into somebody no. else's cup. Maybe. No. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're going to take another break and then we come back with the legendary. Yo, my name is Milk when Milk is on the mic. I say all the rhymes you MCs hate. I really don't care what you think or say. I gotta bust a rhyme in my own special way. Giz is my brother, mom is my mother, D is my father. You say why brother? Because they put me here on this earth. Light is on my side and she is worth more to me than you. Forget your crew, it doesn't matter what you say or what you do. I'll keep on rocking, I roll too quick. All you groupies make me sick. The king is my boy cause he's down with us. First priorities, the label that we trust. I really don't care if you're big and bad. More money than you wish you had. Girls step up if they know what time it is. The left to milk, the right to giz. I never throw a mic cause I have respect. And when I come, I come correct. To my left, to my right, I have bodyguards. And in my wallet, credit cards. In my pockets, hundreds and more. I give it to your mother cause your mother's a stunt. I really don't care if you're getting mad. I call you son, son, you call me dad. I never take drugs, I like to drink. Hip hop in the com combining of hip hop in the street, and 
a Brooklyn icon, another Brooklyn icon, Mike Tyson came out in the Walkaway shorts. And this is in, in, particularly in, important to both yeah. of us because we both from Brownsville. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, word? Yeah, yeah. So Brooklyn. Mike, Mike was always like, you know, Mike, Mike's holds a special that place. That underdog hero. Yeah, yeah, he is definitely all. the underdog hero. How did you hook up? How did you get the product placed with Mike Tyson? So that's a funny story. Um, when he came home from jail, by that time, Walker Wood was on the map. Mm -hmm. So I went to the fight, the first fight he had in Vegas. That Selden? No. I can't no. remember who it was, oh, but he had a fight, and mm -hmm. I remember everybody was gone, mm -hmm. you know? And so I went with Naughty by Nature, shot Kim and Latifah, mm -hmm. and he had a party at his house, a backyard party. And they were like, you want to go? And I'm like, yeah, you know? <laughs> so, did he have a tiger? So he did. I don't think he did, but it wasn't out. But, but, um, but I went, and Jackie was there. His sister. sister, uh -huh. sister yeah. And so she was like, April, come here. I want you to meet Mike. And mm -hmm. I met him. And he was like, hey, you do walk away. He knew who I was. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But he said, um, he said, Tupac. Tretch and somebody else had come up and they all were wearing it and while he was locked up he was seeing it in the you wow. know magazines mm -hmm. and stuff so he was like I would love some so when I went back to New York I sent him a box of stuff mm -hmm. and then I got a call from Don King and Rory and John like um we want to talk to you about Walker Wear mm -hmm. so I, I ended up doing a deal with him and I was doing his merchandising mm -hmm. oh, wow. part of that deal was I had to have a place in Vegas mm -hmm. as well so my thing was, wow, if I'm doing the merchandising for the fights, mm -hmm. that was huge. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so during that time, I'm also like thinking walk aware always. So we were able to put the shorts and we wanted to do the towel. We did a lot of product placement with, yeah, with him and different stuff. But that was historic like for me because I knew that shorts. that was yeah, like yeah, yeah. everything. That's that was like, the first time, a yeah. little trivia that thing, that any designer period, fashion-wise, ever graced the heavyweight ring. I ever, that, really. I ever. Really it was Everlast, yeah. but that was sports. Yeah, but in terms of fashion, fashion nobody had ever Definitely. done that. I don't even so think it's, it's happened it. since, to be honest. Right, I'm not At sure. least I don't, I don't watch so it. That's, so that's so the brilliance, started, right? But that happened, that product placement was everything, yeah. It's always been, because it was above the rim. Right, right. right. Like a lot of stuff. It was higher learning, above the rim, menace. It was a lot of different things, um, Spike Lee movies, like, but it was just always like sprinkler, Def Jam comedies, like mm -hmm. we did, we did mm -hmm. a lot, yeah. but it's just um, having to not have a Tommy, we never had a Tommy Hilfiger budget, mm -hmm. so you know when you don't have enough to work with, you have to be inventive, mm -hmm. creative, mm -hmm. and think of things outside the box, and when you live it, the beauty of relationships is you can build yeah. together, and yeah. I always say yeah. lateral movement can create vertical lateral cooperation can create vertical movement mm. you know what i mean mm. and that was that i mean that was the story it was very authentic for mike tyson to be wearing a brooklyn born and bred mm -hmm. designer 
That made perfect sense. Then Pac, the Pac. That was a moment in time for me. Yeah, I can imagine. And Pac, too. Pac yeah. went hard, like, from above the rim to, like, holler if you hear me. A lot of those videos, he just wore walk away. Did you guys share all a, a, a sort of a, a bond because of the Black, Black uh, Panther history? Yeah. We, I think that's how we initially dealt. We had a lot of... My mom was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. You know, he had a... He had a um, yeah, she's recovering. Yeah. You know, she's doing A1 now. Thank God, 20 years. But, but at the time, you know, um, I met him when I was young. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I was taking care of my mom by that time. By that time. And I was in my early 20s. He was just starting out, mm -hmm. getting ready to get down with digital. Mm -hmm. And I met him, I think, on a BWP set. Mm -hmm. He was with Stretch. Mm -hmm. And he was cool with that whole Ed Lover, Stretch, mm -hmm. and all those guys. Mm -hmm. And so I popped, he kept popping up at different places, and I was styling. Mm -hmm. I was doing a lot of Def Jam work. I had a styling division. And so um, then I saw him on the juice set, and mm -hmm. I had on, I was an extra, I had on one of my Bloor sweatsuits, and mm -hmm. that cemented it. And so then I became his stylist. You was the extra in juice? I didn't get, I got oh. cut. <laughs> <laughs> but I was there. Okay. Um, wait, wait, wait. So, so you got these deep Tupac ties, these deep, deep Mike Tyson ties, notorious B.I.G. ties. Was there ever a point in time where there was a conflict between these relationships mm -hmm. and you? So it's funny, I always was able to be myself through it all. And I always told them, like, you get out of here. Yeah, I, I that. yeah I'm not going <laughs> to do that. You know what right. I mean? So, but I always had a lot of love for the West Coast. And people don't know I was born in L.A. Right. So I claim Brooklyn because right. I've been here. But um, even my clothes reflect that very, like, can go either way, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but I remember when it all started, it was tragic. I was hanging out with Big and Pop. So to see that and to see it go like this and see media play such a strong part in that, right. it was heartbreaking. And i never forget one time Pac called me and he was like, look, this is when he was death row. Mm -hmm. I got a dope situation, it's crazy, da 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 da. It's gonna put Walk Away on the map. I got death row and all of them, Snoop, everybody's gonna wear your stuff, but it's only one thing. And I was like, what? And he was like, you can't let no East Coast rappers win. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, trying to do powerful. I was like, you are crazy, you know. So, yeah, I got all those stories. Like, it was crazy. So, so, I, so we know you have those stories, and I know that that's going to be the subject of other things, mm -hmm. books, documentaries, mm -hmm. TV stuff mm -hmm. that are in development. I would love to see. But that. talk to mm -hmm. us about the book you've already read. Walker Gems, get your ass off the couch. So that's all just sharing. Like we talk about edifying the room. A lot of my stuff is virtual mentorship. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, Where can the book be purchased? The, the book, yeah, the book can be purchased on Amazon at Barnes & Nobles online mm -hmm. or also walkaware.com. Yeah. You get it from walkaware.com. I sign it. But it's all about the passion pursuit. I'm sharing my experience. It's also some life lessons and stories. Reggie Osei's stories in there. Mm -hmm. Some that's different our, people. Yeah, it's like it's just really bumps and bruises. Talking about some of my failures, giving you some empowerment tools, mm -hmm. um, and being agile as an entrepreneur. Like mm -hmm. things you need. I think there's a certain mindset you need to have. People, it's a sexy word right now, entrepreneur. <laughs> but it really takes a lot of guts, grit, and gumption. And you have to know that the behind the scenes, 
is way more work than you would think. And it's a thankless job. So you got to get in it because you really are passionate about it. And I think your purpose leads you to the passion, right. you know, so you just have to really know what it takes. And so this book is me thinking about my life and what that takes. And I'm starting you there and I see it as a handbook series. So it's good wherever you're at in the journey. If you're already there, like Milk read it and he was like, yo, this was a great refresher for me. I needed this. Mm -hmm. So I think that it could serve you wherever you are in the journey. Awesome. Where's it going to end? And we can get it online? Or? Yeah, on online. Uh, what, what's the website? It's walkaware.com. It's Amazon. You can look it up. Uh, Walker Gems, get your ass off the couch. <laughs> it's on Barnes and Nobles online. Same thing. Okay, dope. So, so, so I just want to ask you another, another about another crazy time. Yes. Crazy time after Big was killed. Mm -hmm. Where were you in your journey with fashion at that point? And how did that impact? Because that was after Tupac was killed. Yeah, that just really was like, I think everything for, for a while, I was talking about this earlier, it was, a, it was so many things that happened in my career, especially to about 99, 98, I'll say. Mm -hmm. But I think that was one of the last things. And then Mike, when, when the whole fiasco with Evander and Mike, mm -hmm. I think I came home. And I think my spirit was gone by that point. Like you in terms of what I loved, I was at that. Was mm -hmm. at, I was so disappointed. I wasn't at that last fight, mm -hmm. thank God, but I was in Vegas. Mm -hmm. I was watching it. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna be honest, that night I was like, pack up, we're leaving. And we left like the next two days. Mm -hmm. we what, just left. what was my state of mind? It, it was, um, it was, I don't even know because here's the thing, right? Um, the filter he had of Don King mm -hmm. was, I could not, we could not even talk to him while he was training for the fight, mm -hmm. which was hard for me because in fashion doesn't work on those things, right. like doesn't right. consider boxing and what it, that timeline is. You need his voice. You need, yeah. you know, especially if you're doing financial backing. Oh yeah. <laughs> and you have orders pending, mm -hmm. you know, so that was a big part of it with us. But um, I think that I think that he had a lot of people tugging at him. Mm. And I think he listened to other voices. And I just think that, you know, um, I can only imagine yeah, where he started, yeah, you know, yeah, like where he started. And then he had yeah, a lot of stuff, stuff going on. on. And people always ask, are you mad at... I always say this about life and people, you can't be mad at people who are self-inflicting pain on themselves because they're only doing that because they don't know, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. then, you know, and then you got to look in the mirror at yourself. So, you know, mm -hmm. you just learn from it and keep going. It's difficult for a lot of people to self-reflect though, because what happens is when you're surviving, you start developing good traits and bad traits. And you talk sometimes to discern what's good and what's bad. You just like, yo, this is me, you know. But you, that self-reflection process is Growth. what helps you to grow. If you can't self-reflect, you're going to make a lot, a lot, a lot of mistakes. And it gives us empathy. Yeah. I agree. You have some things coming up that you're going to be uh, um, sharing your wisdom. Um, let us know about some of that. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, I think BK yeah, Hip Hop. Yeah, BK Hip Hop Festival. Um, 
Uh, shout out to Wes West Jackson. Uh, West Jackson. Yeah, he used to be our neighbor in Jumbo. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, cool. Yeah. And, um, Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival. He was um, my pet customer when I had the pet shop. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can tell us a little bit about that. Because that's, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. That's what it was. That came a little bit too early on the cusp. Yep. I remember thinking that. I remember in, in Fort Greene. Right, where the green green Right, where Havana Outposts. Yep. April that would have been all fire right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, white people love their animals more than Oh my gosh, they, 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 it's crazy. <laughs> they look at niggas and be like, They Yo, used to ah, say, ah, they say dog. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, so, um, but we got the Brooklyn, <laughs> we got the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival coming up. That's July 9th uh, through the 14th, and you're leading a panel. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on a panel. Oh. Um, I, I suggested that we need to have a conversation called Black Designers Matter. Mm-hmm. So they're going to do that. I'm excited about that. And we're also going to do another panel um, that I, I'm helping out on, and that's Small Versus 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 the Big Giants. And mm-hmm. let's talk about that in our communities. Dope. Yeah, yeah. That's an important conversation. Yeah. Very. For, for us as attorneys, that's often our conversation. When we, when we battle... Um, multinational conglomerates with these big firms and stuff like that we're often facing we're often these Davids against these Goliaths and sometimes people see that as a disadvantage but oftentimes we see it as an advantage we're we're spot on with the issues it's our it's our business to know the facts. Kind of inspires me. Right. And it right. inspires us That's like to me make sure, like, yo. Like, in, and I have what I do. I, I had a moment way. where they came, actually, one of the big, you know, pretty decent sized firm. Uh, what is it? Now, yeah, big firm. Uh, what was it Fox and Rothschild? Fox and Rothschild? Mm-hmm. So, one of the, I don't know, one of those firms came to me. Um, Jade is 11. So, she hadn't been born yet. It was about 11 years ago. And they were like, yo, look. Um, we see what you're doing. Want they you wanted to, to buy. Part. They wanted to buy my firm, mm-hmm. hire me as a partner, and I would run my firm under their umbrella with their staff and the splits and and their cell. You know when I walked out, you know I, I took the meeting. Right, of course. I took the two meetings I had. I had the, the the guy who's trying to sell me, and then I went to the firm to meet the panel. And you know when I was like, nah, they two things. They were like, if you. You know, we see you're tapped out. Like, you're going to make as much as you can make. You know, you might as well get with us and we can accentuate. And then I went home and I told my mother, and my mother was like, Look, I know you. Somebody's going to piss you off. You can curse them out and you're going to have to start all over. But that's good that she knew that. Yeah. Like, I know that about myself. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I knew that. That's and I was like, I'm good. And, I, and it feels good to be able to sit down with April Walker and my brothers and Definitely. us figure it out because I don't think our community could ever get to the point of pulsating within itself if everybody just keeps, yo, I hear. Right. Give me my money and you can have it. Right. And, and I'm, I'm not. We keep know. undervaluing ourselves and selling our assets. But a lot of it has to do with labor. There has to be something that clicks culturally for us. And I don't think it's happened yet, but I know it won't happen if people like us stop and we stop building with one another and we start identifying, you know, the youth and, you know, because it's a cultural thing, you know, Mm -hmm. the the acceptance is, you know, our our success here has always been white validation. It's 
just that's just simply what it is. Mm-hmm. You go from that's the matrix we're living in. Yes. Well, that's the, and then the American value system is it's built on that. Yeah, built on it being If we pull that rug, it's supremacy. over. Yeah. Right. And that's why I've always said the youth we can't give up. No. Because the youth, I think, they will be the ones to change to change that. Yeah. And that's you know that's what I don't want anyone to get it twisted. That was the Virgil Abloh I think conversation that we were having. Not you, April, but before we were having this conversation saying that. Um, him going to work for Louis Vuitton, I guess, is okay if that's what he values. If that's what he values mm-hmm. over having, um, or instead of, or I don't know, even if, if, or if he's still allowed to do the off-white brand. But I saw so much value in off-white and his partnerships. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel that way. I mean, making comments on that. I just think we need to build more equity in our own brands and in yeah. our own. And here on the other side of that is we need more brown people and people of color to support their own yes. instead of revering mm-hmm. these European brands. And yep. there's nothing wrong right. with, with diversity, but just guess what? Be inclusive of your own people. Mm-hmm. And we don't hold that in high yeah. um, esteem, you know? And mm-hmm. so we need more self-love. That's what it really comes right. down to. I mean, if, if we only spent nonsense of every dollar in our own community, we can employ every man, woman, and child. Well, we support him. Everything walk we walk away from. Thank you. I'm I, I need to buy a hoodie. I have to say this. Thank you. I appreciate that. I felt the same way about Dapper Dan, and I love that. But here's the thing. Dapper Dan was doing clothes before the Gucci deal. Mm-hmm. And we weren't celebrating him like right. we should. And, now we're, and like, now we're like, he made it. Yeah. And so that part is heartbreaking for me. No, no, me no, no judgment no, yeah. in his decisions, but it's just, why do we do that? And I know why, but right. that has to change. Yeah. We are kings and queens. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Yeah. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, the great April Walker. The great April Walker. Thank you for having me. Thank you for Thank having you us. Yeah. Word up. Despite, we apologize for Phil. He's off his probationary period. <laughs> Thanks for making this happen. Motherfuckers know this be the realest shit I ever wrote. Up in the studio, getting blow to the truest shit I ever spoke. 21 gun salute, dressed in fatigues, black jeans and boots. Just appeared in the crowd, all you seen was truth. This little nigga named Nas think he live like me. Just talk about he left the hospital, took fire like me. You live in fantasies, nigga, I reject your deposit. We shoot trade punk ass, now we out of the closet. Mom deep, wonder why nigga blow them out. Next time grown folks talking, nigga, close your mouth.